Hello, and welcome to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Today we continue in our series called The Life You Were Meant to Live. In this series, Pastor Rick looks into the Bible to help you discover the life God planned for you, the life you were meant to live. In just a few moments, we're going to tell you about an amazing opportunity to partner with Daily Hope to share the Word of God with people around the world. You can find out more by going to PastorRick.com while you listen to the message, or text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with the final part of a message called, Remembering What Matters Most. Now, many of you are in time-starved relationships. Oh, you live in the same home but you're passing each other by day and by night like ships with a goodbye kiss here and there, and your relationship is shriveling, it's shrinking, it's drying up for lack of attention. A lot of things can rob a relationship. Work can cause, can rob a relationship. Activity can rob a relationship. Too much church involvement or ministry can rob a relationship. Hobbies, fun things that you like to do on your own can rob a relationship. TV can rob a relationship. Computers can rob a relationship. Somebody says, how can I have more time for those I love? I'll give you a suggestion. Turn off the TV and unplug the computer. I'm not saying get rid of them. I'm just saying limit them. The average American now watches TV and or works or plays on the computer an average of five to six hours a day. That's over 30 hours a week. That's 1,560 hours a year. Now let me put that in perspective. 1,560 hours a year is the equivalent of spending 97 days straight at 16 hours a day watching TV or playing or working on the computer. that's bound to hurt a relationship. It is ironic to me in this culture that people will sit and watch a program on TV called Friends instead of making friends. They will watch Party of Five instead of having a party for five. They will watch a show called Talk to Me instead of talking to those that they love the most. They will watch night after night, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? When the Bible says, no matter what I say or believe or do, I'm bankrupt without love. If you want to revitalize the dying relationship, a dying marriage, a dying friendship, it's going to start with you investing some more time. I want you to hear the story of Alan and Lisa. Would you give them a warm welcome? Just over one year ago, Lisa and I had consulted our respective divorce attorneys and we were ready to go our separate ways. A lot of couples have trouble with infidelity, drinking, gambling, or a variety of addictions. But we had none of that. We had simply grown apart by not spending enough time together. Our marriage was starving for attention, and as a result, we saw eye to eye on nothing and we argued about everything. The love was gone and we couldn't take it anymore. 
Our troubles were not for lack of trying. We went to marriage counselors, read self-help books, we took dozens of personality profiles. None of this worked. But this very weekend marks the one-year anniversary of our attending a Christian Marriage Encounter weekend geared toward couples in trouble like us. There we rediscovered our love, rediscovered our God, and recommitted our lives to each other and to God. At first, I didn't really think busyness was one of our problems. Eleven years ago, when our second child was due, I gave up a lucrative private law practice to go to work for a corporation, knowing that the paychecks would not be the same down the road, but making the decision that it was more important to be at home in the evenings and on the weekends. So I didn't think busyness was really a problem for us because I wasn't overloaded with work. But then I realized that I was busy with my own pursuits. I had filled my time and my life with a myriad of hobbies, computers in the evenings and pretty much anything to do with cars and racing all weekend long, kept me away from my family, if not physically, then at least emotionally. I was busy having fun without my family. When I did give Lisa my time, it was out of a sense of duty, not desire. I didn't take the time to really care for her, to really attend to her or to give her my unhurried focus. Instead, it was more like, okay, honey, your time starts now. I finally figured out that going through the motions was not enough to show love. I had to go through the emotions, too. For years, I felt that Alan wanted no part of me or our three kids. He filled his time with his separate interests, and while he was home, evenings and most weekends, he was so detached, he might as well have been in another country. As I grew to resent this, I would withdraw from Alan, even as he was isolating himself more from me. After an argument, Alan would want to make up by going out on a date. The problem was, I never did date people I didn't like. So I'd conveniently be unable to get a babysitter or too busy with something else to go out. As a result, we grew further and further apart. We only spoke to each other to deal with family business or to argue. One day we decided enough was enough. As a last ditch effort to save our relationship, we attended a Christian marriage retreat. That weekend, we learned a lot from the Bible about what it means to really love someone. One thing we learned is that it takes time. You can't be in a hurry if you want to build an intimate relationship. But before that weekend, I was unwilling to give the time. I had lost the feeling of love, and time spent on our marriage no longer seemed worth the effort. I used to say, if we have to work this hard on our marriage, then it just wasn't meant to be. But since then, we've learned a couple of simple truths. First, is that we have to accept our spouses as they are and love them for who they are. Now, I have some bad habits that Lisa wishes I didn't have, and vice versa. But we have learned to accept and love each other as we are, bad habits and all. Acceptance is an act of love. Another truth that we learned is to follow Christ's model for forgiveness. Over the years, I'd accumulated a lot of hurt from our marriage. 
Alan would sometimes refuse to apologize, and when he did, it was insincere and superficial. The turning point in our marriage came the day when Alan truly understood and felt my pain and humbly apologized. Through God's grace, his spirit filled our hearts with new love and a willingness to try again, and I was able to completely forgive Alan and move beyond the years of accumulated pain. God gave us the model of how we're to forgive each other when he forgives our sins, even though we could never earn or deserve that forgiveness. We must do the same for our spouses. Forgiveness means sacrificing our right to get even. It's another act of love. But the most important thing we learned is that God must be at the center of our marriage. When we put Jesus Christ at the center of our lives and relationship, we found our feelings of love returning again, and we were willing to give each other the precious gift of time. So we took some practical steps to ensure time for each other. We instituted a date night. We banned the kids from our office so we could have meaningful talks. We even took a romantic getaway weekend together. As we rediscovered each other, we also reawakened our mutual love for God that brought us together in the first place. For many bitter years, we had said we had nothing in common, when in fact we had in common the most important thing of all, a deep love and respect for Jesus Christ. But the demands of the world had pushed God to the bottom of the list. In the last year, we've taken classes 101 through 401 together and become members of Saddleback Church. And we serve together as we lead a small group together, and we've become premarital counselors together. These ministries are great ways that we can spend time together and serve the Lord. Next month, we'll celebrate our 16th anniversary, and God's love has brought us closer in the last year than we've ever been before. We apply the same principles to our kids. Our kids are very involved in the children's and youth programs here, but we also make it a point to take time to go to the park or to the lake together, see soccer games, go on bike rides, attend their school functions, and on and on. But family time is in addition to our time together as a couple. We've learned the hard way that the best gift we can give our kids is happily married parents. I'm sure there's some of you out there thinking, well, how do you find time for it all? And the truth is, we didn't have time for it all, and we still don't. We've made some tough choices in order to add some space and margin to our lives. We decided the time together was more important than money. I changed jobs, and we accepted a lot less money to get a more sane 40-hour work week. Kenny Luck, my men's morning Bible study leader, says that I chose to have a rich life instead of a wealthy one. And though it took a while for me to find those riches, I want to emphasize that slowing down and focusing on God has changed my heart so completely that my kids noticed, my friends noticed, even my mom noticed. I finally broke out of the busyness trap because of a crisis. I almost lost my family. That gave me a whole new perspective. What hobby is more important than my family? 
What job, what car, what bank account is more important than a loving relationship? Everything else in your life will come and go, but loving relationships last forever, and nothing can build those loving relationships without time together. Thank you. Now here's your homework for this week. I want you to spend 15 minutes every day with each person in your family and talk with them. Look them in the eyes. Listen to them. Focus on them. Empathize with them. Seek to understand them. Maybe you need to apologize to them. Each one, 15 minutes a day. Why? Because the best use of life is love. And the best expression of life is time. That's how you express love. Principle number three. The best time to love is now. Now. Not next week, not later, not when things settle down, not when we reach a certain standard of living. Who are you kidding? It's now. Look at what the Bible says. Galatians 6.10. Whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. Ephesians 5. Use every chance you have for doing good. Proverbs 3.27. Whenever you possibly can, do good to those who need it. Never tell your neighbor to wait until tomorrow if you can help them now. Now, folks, if it's good for neighbors, it certainly applies to families, too. There are some activities in your life in which procrastination is a legitimate response because some things just aren't that important and you ought to put them off. But since love is the most important thing in life, it is the top priority in life, anytime you choose something else over a loving relation, you've just made a stupid decision. You've acted like a fool because you've missed the point of life. Anytime you choose anything over a loving relationship, you have made the wrong answer. You've made the wrong choice. Why? Why is now the best time to express love? Because you don't know how long you're going to get the opportunity to do it. Circumstances change. People die. Children grow up and leave the home. You're not guaranteed of tomorrow. If you're going to express love, you better do it now. Charles Colson and George McGovern are at opposite extremes in the political spectrum. In fact, in the 72 presidential campaign of McGovern versus Nixon, they, they worked on opposite sides but they both ended up with the same regret. Chuck Colson wrote, as I think back out on my life, my biggest regret is not spending more time with the kids. 
Making family your top priority means going against the culture where materialism and workaholism are rampant. It means realizing that you may not advance as fast in your career as some do. It means being willing to accept a lower standard of living, knowing that you're doing the right thing for your children, giving them the emotional security that they will draw on for the rest of their lives. Are you willing to make that financial sacrifice or are things more important than people? George McGovern, one-time presidential candidate, wrote a book about his daughter, Terry, who died of alcoholism. 1994, she was found frozen to death in a snowbank where she'd fallen in a drunken stupor. And after his daughter died, McGovern poured over Terry's diaries and talked to all of her friends, trying to figure out what she was thinking. And he discovered that he was not as good a father as he thought he'd been. While, she, while he was spending 18 hours, 18 hour days fighting for political causes, his daughter Terry was at home writing in her diary that she missed her daddy. But he probably didn't miss her because he probably didn't care about her. McGovern wrote in his advice to parents, show more love to your kids by spending more time with them, especially during the adolescent years. No matter what it costs your career, no matter what it costs. That way, he said, neither of you will have regrets. And he writes this. I give everything I have, and I mean everything, for one more afternoon with Terry. Just to tell her how much I loved her. And to have one of those happy times that we used to have all too infrequently. Now, friends, I mean, this is family here today. The question the question is not if we're ever going to regret this frantic, paced, overloaded, stressed-to-the-limit lifestyle that everybody in this room is living. It's not if you're going to regret it. The only question is, when? When it's too late? After the family's fallen apart? If you have kids, the time to love them is now. A few years ago, Cherry Boone, one of Pat Boone's daughters, wrote a book about her struggle with anorexia called Starving for Attention. Who do you know like that? Who do you know is starving for attention? The answer is everybody. Everybody is starving for attention. So what are you going to do about it? Are you going to change? Or are you going to stand before God one day and explain why things were more important than people? What excuse are you going to give for not putting first things first in your life?
Who do you need to start spending more time with? What do you need to cut out of your schedule? What financial sacrifice do you need to make for things that really count? The best use of life is love. The best expression of love is time. The best time to love is now. Let's bow our heads. Father, it is so easy to get distracted from what's most important in life. Knowing and loving you and knowing and loving those around us. Forgive us for being task-driven instead of love-driven. Forgive us for valuing things and accomplishment and the praise of others more than people. Now you pray. As I pray this, you say, yes, Lord, me too. Father, thank you for this wake-up call today. I know what matters most, even when my schedule doesn't show it. But I thank you for the reminder today. I know that the people who love me are a gift from you. Please forgive me for taking them for granted. Please forgive me for allowing other things to crowd out my relationship to you and to others. I want to change. I want to slow down. I want to make time for loving relationships. I know that this mean making, means making some personal sacrifices, probably financial. But Jesus, you modeled real love when you sacrificed yourself for me. Thank you. I want to be like you. And I want to make love the primary aim of my life for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. If you've missed any part of this message, or if you'd like to find out more about Pastor Rick Warren and this ministry, just visit PastorRick.com, where you can listen online anytime. That's PastorRick with two R's in the middle, dot com. And be sure to sign up for Rick's free daily email devotional while you're there. Rick will be back to close out our time today, but first, we have some really exciting news. Generous friends of Daily Hope have offered a $10,000 matching grant. That means whatever amount you give to help share the hope of Jesus worldwide will be matched up to $10,000. Here's Pastor Rick to tell you more. You know, I just want to take a quick second to say thank you, everybody. Because of your generosity, we're able to take the hope of Jesus Christ into places where there are no Bibles, no believers, and no body of Christ, no, no churches at all. Now, as you pray about giving, I want to ask you to ask God about sending a gift that's the largest you're able to give, because at this point of the year, we have a donor 
who has offered to match your gift. That means what you give will be doubled. We get twice the bang for the buck, in other words. So please respond quickly and give in such a way that we can maximize it through this matching gift. And I want to ask you this. Would you pray for us at Daily Hope? Pray as we reach out to people around the globe with hope that people will find Christ by the thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands. So thank you for being a partner with me to getting the message out. Act now as we only have till this Friday at midnight to meet this match. Just go to PastorRick.com or text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004 and have your gift matched up to $10,000. We'll say thanks by sending you Pastor Rick's book called Re-Energize Your Life. That's PastorRick.com or text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.